The Geotechnical Engineering Podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network, which can be found at cement.media. That's cement, C-E-M-E-N-T dot media. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Geotechnical Engineering Podcast, a podcast focused on helping geotechnical engineers stay up to date with technical trends in the field. I'm your host, Jared Green, and I've been practicing as a geotechnical engineer for over 18 years. In addition to practicing engineering, I enjoy mentoring young engineers and first-generation college students. I've also focused on helping to increase the number of pre-college students that are interested in STEAM majors and fields. By STEAM, that's science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics. In this episode of the Geotechnical Engineering Podcast, and in honor of Engineers Week this week, I'll be talking with Tony Canale, an associate partner at Musa Rutledge Consulting Engineers, about the importance of engineering education and the role that engineers play in society. I would also just like to say that the National Society of Professional Engineers, NSPE, offers a wide breadth of resources on how you can help spread the word and get involved during Engineers Week. You can visit NSPE's website at discovere.org, pronounced discovere.org for more information. We encourage you to get out there and support Engineers Week. Mr. Canale was born and raised in Yonkers, New York. In his youth, he was introduced to the construction industry by working with his father and uncles who were local developers. Influenced by a love for the built environment, he pursued the field of civil engineering at Manhattan College and later at Virginia Polytechnic. He joined Musa Rutledge Consulting Engineers, MRCE, in 1995 as a geotechnical engineer and was admitted to the partnership as an associate partner in 2015. He's most passionate about engineering education and presenting the field of engineering to universities in the metropolitan area. He participated in the Master of Engineering and Structural Engineering program at Lehigh University. He is an adjunct professor at Manhattan College where he and other MRCE senior staff members present a 15 week graduate level course on foundation engineering. He initiated Engineering Day, a hands-on learning event for Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts held every two years at Manhattan College. And he has initiated MRCE field staff training and innovated several proprietary instruments for MRCE field engineers. He also worked on many high-profile projects, proving himself to be a top professional in the field of geotechnical engineering, including both the Mario Cuomo Bridge Tappan Zee Bridge Replacement, and City Field, home of the New York Mets, among others. And with that, let's jump right into our conversation with Tony Canale. All right, welcome to another episode of the Geotechnical Engineering Podcast. Tony, great to have you on the show. How are you feeling? Not bad. Looking forward to our conversation. We're really glad that we could have you. We just went through your bio, but if you could tell our listeners a little bit more about your career accomplishments and in your own words, give us a sense of what made you so passionate about engineering education. 
My interest in engineering started before school for me. You know, I worked with my father, my uncles in small construction projects uh, in New York. And, you know, as a sixth grader, I would be going to the architect's office or going to the plumber's office or going to the electrician. And my father used to take me around all those times. And then I also did the work with my uncles, you know, painting rooms, painting houses, doing electrical work and, and doing all this stuff. So I got to see as a kid, you know, things develop from a plan to construction without going to school. That's how I kind of made my decision. Well, I'd rather be the guy uh, doing the drawings and, and figuring things out than building stuff physically because, you know, it would be freezing cold and or extremely hot and you were working. So, uh, you know, as I went to high school, I always had that in the back of my mind to, uh, I always liked one thing the architect said once to my dad when he didn't like the way a room looked. And the architect was like, sure, I can move that wall. Let me get my eraser and move that wall for you. And, uh, you know, as a, a sixth grader, you're like, wow, he moved the wall just like that. But it, it had an impact on me in that sense. Things that happen to you in your life early on does have an impact on what your trajectory is. We're very impressionable at, the, at that age. And uh, it's good to have those images for you. That's awesome. When you think back to your sixth grade self, could you have ever imagined that you'd be where you are now? No, I went to high school and I was typically, you know, good in math and science. And then when I got to college, I knew I wanted to be an engineer. I wasn't sure what type. And then it became pretty clear when, you know, I was struggling in chemistry and all those other courses. And I, I kind of civil engineering, the civil courses definitely were more up my alley. And it also dovetailed with what I was growing up in. You can imagine that uh, seeing what you saw as a sixth grader, it does shape you. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, all my friends were going to the pool or the beach, and you know, I was waking up at six o'clock in the morning, you know, going to a construction site. So it wasn't all roses at that point or going on vacation. But yeah, it definitely paid off for me. And with my kids now, it's different, uh, you know. But I still try to do stuff around the house with them. It's important for you know these kids to know how to turn a screwdriver or, or hammer a nail and you know uh, things that we're missing and we see that with our young engineers too that this generation is not growing up building legos and doing things or building stuff outside everything is technology driven so i think they're coming into the engineering community with less of a hands-on feel for things just by the nature of technology i mean when we were kids yeah, they're like, go outside and build something, you know, take, here's hammer nails, go do something. Now it's like, you know, oh, I built this world on some game or something. It's like, what's that the same? So Tony, when you think about childhood, what is the importance of a child getting exposure to engineering? And what's the right age for somebody to get exposed to engineering? It's interesting because it's almost not even the child. Sometimes it's the parents you know, having gone through this with my kids, a lot of parents don't understand engineering at all. They don't understand what types of engineering there are and the different aspects of it that you can get involved in. So I think what I found with some of the kids and the parents is educating them on all the different options that are out there are important. You know, there's always this stigma of you have to be good at math and science. And yeah, that's true. But there's also this creativity associated with it. There's also one of the slides I do is an engineer or someone that solves problems. Whichever way you look at it, that's what we do. If you're a kid or if you see in your child someone that 
he or she solves things, whether it's by math or just by figuring something out on their own. Like to me, that's a sign that engineering could be something that, that the kids are interested in. So I just felt that people learn about it too late. And then they always think it's this huge mountain to climb and it's so difficult. And some of that's true. But when you hear parents talk about lawyer, doctor, and then engineers, like where? You know, it's after accounting. And, and so it's not on the forefront of their minds. We did stuff with third graders. I, I don't know if there's an age that's too young to kind of introduce those kinds of concepts to them. One of the things that I find that's interesting, you say parents learning about engineering, people think that if you're an engineer, you're not going to be able to interact with society or your work is so foreign to what it is we do. But engineering is really all around us. That's one of the thoughts there is that in the construction world, there's engineers that do think construction management. There's all kinds of ways about it. Exposing people to the vast realm of potential jobs out there is, is important. It comes down to exposure, like you say. And I, I think about, I graduated from high school in the 90s and we didn't have any pre-engineering. There was no engineering, you know, STEM, STEAM, none of that existed. So now that happens a lot more, but what are your thoughts for how schools can do a better job of promoting engineering? People learn best by doing stuff and being interactive. So, you know, I think having clubs that deal with engineering, that, you know, contests, uh, we deal with the scouts, you know, a bridge design contest and we low tested it and exploded into pieces. Everyone was excited. I think having kids do stuff is more important. And you see that with the ACE mentor program in high schools, right? They have kids coming into the offices, seeing what's going on. There's all these different. I think doing things and having programs like that are helpful. I do remember that in high school, we did have an egg drop. They didn't call it an engineering exercise, but we had an egg. We had to drop, have a carton to keep it. And you're right. Seeing those eggs exploded, it was pretty interesting. They never tied it back to engineering. That was my challenge, you know, but I like that. So now we're in engineers week and um, I'm fascinated to see that you initiated engineering day, which I understand is held every two years in Manhattan College. That's just awesome. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that? Yeah, that was something we came up with. The My boys were in Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts at the time. And one of the ways to introduce engineering to them was to do something with the school. Manhattan College was gracious to accommodate us. And it was just a great experience because what we did was we did two things. One was you know, we had a presentation and tour of like the basic labs, fluids lab, solids lab, uh, concrete lab, electrical lab, uh, mechanical. And then we also did this, the bridge contest. If you're familiar with the Cub Scouts, they have uh, dens, which make up, uh, you know, six to eight kids with a den leader. So we had each den build a bridge, you know, three foot long bridge made out of uh, popsicle sticks or tongue depressors using glue guns. And so they built it and then we would low test it. We would have everyone. So we had about like a hundred plus kids there in, in the big room at Manhattan College. So it, this thing did a lot of things. The Manhattan College students volunteered their time to lead these tours of the lab. So they got a great exposure to speaking and, and organizing and they interacted with the parents as the kids. And they were great. They helped me run the contest, which was also a lot of fun. They had a kick. They had a blast, these kids, on a Saturday. We did it on a Saturday. 
typically. The kids got to see their creation, you know, and, and we would load it up and then we, I would ask them, I says, it's about to go. Do you want us to keep going to see a break or do you want to save it? Like, no, break it, break it. And, and then we would break it. And, you know, we didn't really give prizes because I didn't want it to become this competitive thing where the parents are building everything for the kids. Like, I just wanted the kids to, to do something and just see what happens, you know, it wasn't. And then we had a lecture about engineering basic stuff. So. We did that one year. We figured every two years is a good, you know, because if you do it every year, it gets, you know, repetitive because the kids were in the program for a long time. So we decided every two years and uh, the feedback was great. I mean, the parents loved it. The college loved it. The students who gave up a Saturday loved it. One year we built a paper bridge. I don't know if you remember that commercial. I forgot what car it was, but it drove over a paper bridge like an arch bridge. So I emailed a guy, I found out who did it. I emailed him, hey, you know, I want to scale this down for kids to walk over it, right? And this guy was, yeah, he emailed me back. He was very good about it. He didn't give me any design drawings. He was like, just scale down an arch bridge. So I scaled it down. This was one year. So we built it with the scouts. I knew how to do it. You know, I had to, and we built this paper bridge. We removed the support and now it's an arch only of paper. And each kid walked over it and, and all the parents walked and they were just amazed. That's great. They're never going to forget that. That to me was the funnest thing I've done with kids in terms of like that paper bridge. Because I was stressing about it a little bit. I had built it in my garage with my son. I had him walk over it, make sure it worked. And then we go out there and did it with the scouts. So it was a lot of fun. So when you think of engineering... You know, engineers, one can say that it's one of the key influences that shapes a society. In your own words, why are engineering careers important to our society? We solve problems. I mean, that's our goal. And, you know, I just hosted or moderated a panel for Manhattan College on the engineer's role in the post-pandemic world. Like, what is our role here as we move forward? And it was interesting to hear the mechanical guys of the power electrical guy and a civil engineer talk about what engineers do. We need to figure out how to move forward. We need to figure out how to make offices safe again, how to make elevators more conducive, you know, given the post pandemic. So to me, engineering at its purest is problem solving and making life better for society. One of the slides I always bring up is imagine a world without engineers. Like if you just sit back and imagine what would life be like without engineers? And these kids are like, what do you mean? I said, well, would you have air conditioning? Would you have lights? Like, would you have a bridge? Would life be like without engineers? And so it's real easy to see how important we are if we do our jobs correctly. That provides context, especially for our, our younger listeners that maybe feel like they're doing some grunt tasks and things of that sort, but that helps to kind of paint the picture. So thank you for that. You know how it is on our projects. Every step of the project matters from the boring investigation to every little step builds on each other. So every engineer along the process of a project is important and nothing we do is trivial to me every step of the way. What would you say the engineers could do to make a difference and contribute to society while being an engineer? And this is especially for our younger listeners. What do you think they could do? I think it's involvement. You know, obviously you need to be 
good at what you do. And we can never forget that, you know, it's a life learning journey engineering is, and we never know it all. Uh, we can't stop learning. The societies that we have like ASCE or ASME, all these societies that provide these forums for us, I think it's important for younger engineers to take advantage of those things. I'm not sure they do as much as they should. Obviously, when we're real busy, it's hard to take three days off and go to a conference for a lot of people. A lot of firms you know, have different policies with that, but I think engagement is key. We need to keep learning. Younger engineers should get more involved in local stuff like ASCE, you know, met section and things like that. Just learn how to be a leader because that word I just said, a leadership is not something that you associate with engineers that frequently. And that we need to correct at some point here. I wish we had more engineers in leadership positions in this country. Powerful thought when you think that engineers are trained to be problem solvers and practicing problem solvers, it makes sense that we should be leaders. So got to work on that. If you go back and think about your education, where was that even broached to be a leader, right? It's not. Partly because our field is that you're building up to something, right? You don't just come on the scene as a 21-year-old or 22-year-old graduate, just take over an engineering company like some of these you know, hedge fund people, or if you look at some of these other folks, it just bursts on. Engineering is a gradual buildup, let's say. Some may shave a few years off it, but eventually you just need to get that experience. You need to get that background. And so that's why younger people sometimes take a backseat because that, that is the nature of our business is to learn. But at some point you need to flip the switch and, and become more of a leader in, in your organization as well as you know in society. What advice would you give somebody that said they wanted to pursue a career that's similar to the career that you've had? It's hard work. That's my advice to anyone. It's just hard work. Like you have to put the time in. You can't, no shortcuts. You need to have humility, right? You need to listen, but you need to have your own thoughts as well. That's kind of the difficult part is, you know, to be independent, but then take advice from the older engineers that are with the company that have been through it before. You need to thread that needle a little bit where you're listening to people, but you also have your own thoughts. I got the opportunity to work on some large scale projects, you know, like City Field as a relatively young engineer, which was complex foundations uh, for that. And a lot of these tall towers in New York City, One Bryant Park and things like that. But where you learn a lot on those big projects, you see a lot that goes on and the scale of everything scales up. You know, if you increase the wall thickness by eighth of an inch or something on a pile where you have 2000 piles, it's different than, you know, a 30 pile job somewhere. So pay attention to all those little things that add up to me is what helps you on the next job. We focus a lot on your commitment to engineering education, but can you just take a few minutes to talk a little bit more about the areas of geotechnical engineering that you specifically focus in on? When I was an undergraduate at Manhattan College, I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do, structural geotech, and uh, I ended up taking the foundations course, and that kind of led me to geotechnical engineering. So when I went to Virginia Tech, that's where I focused on is geotechnical engineering. And throughout my career, uh, I've been open to any geotechnical uh, work. So I haven't had a specific focus. So I like the variety of what we do at Muser. Most of my projects, all of them deal with geotechnical engineering, supportive excavation, foundation design. And uh, I have, do have more of an interest in deep foundations. I, I find them very interesting. 
deeper excavations. But in, in New York, the benefit of working where we work in New York is that the soil's conditions are so different and so diverse that you're able to work on rock projects, you're able to work on uh, deep foundations in the same city, which is really nice. Thank you so much. This is a good point to pause that. We're going to come right back in a minute and close this one out with Tony on our Career Factor Safety End segment. Stick around. All right, welcome back. It's time for our Career Factor of Safety End segment. In geotechnical engineering, just like many disciplines of engineering, it's important to incorporate a factor of safety into your design. But what about incorporating a factor of safety into your actual career? Today, of course, we're speaking with Tony Canale. Tony, you've been involved with the education realm quite a bit. And you know, one of the questions I often hear people ask is whether or not to get a master's degree and whether or not that incorporates a factor of safety into their actual career. What advice or what input do you have regarding that? Yeah, that's a tough question that a lot of uh, students face You know, every year. You're trying to balance getting into the workforce versus continuing your education. When I was in that position, I was chomping at the bit to earn a paycheck because you want to get going with your life. You feel like you want to get going with your career. Engineering is becoming more, it has become and continues to become more and more specialized to the point where the bachelor's degree, you know, in our field of geotechnical engineering, really you don't have that much coursework in geotechnical engineering topics. So it's very difficult to, uh, if you want to be a design engineer, focusing on geotechnical design of foundations and, and earth structures and things like that, you're constantly will be playing catch up to get back to that. I definitely recommend a master's degree. And I think that's true of other disciplines, uh, structural engineering, where you need that advanced coursing with all the modeling that's going on these days. There's just not enough time in the undergraduate degree to touch all these things. My advice is to get the master's degree if you want to be a design uh, engineer in, in our field, because uh, the coursework is invaluable. Tony, thank you for coming on and thank you for sharing such great insights with us. This information is going to be great advice for our listeners. And if our listeners wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get you? Are you on social media or an email you want to share? You could you know, reach me out on LinkedIn or you can reach out on my work email at tcanally at mrce.com. Always available. As I tell my students at Manhattan College, anytime you need career advice uh, or any kind of advice involving engineering, I'm always there for them. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. Please feel free to go to geotechnicalengineeringpodcast.com where you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, that being episode 18, as well as any links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, we wish you the very best in all your geotechnical engineering endeavors. Peace. The Geotechnical Engineering Podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network. The opinions on the show are those of the host and guests, not their employers. For information on EMI's people and project management skills training programs for civil engineers, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.